0: We are in agreement that uh, turning red should win. Yes. <laughs> hey,
1: everybody. <laughs> we're we're kind of excited on this one. Uh, I'm Gary. And I'm Skyler. This is Nerd Zinc. And, uh, All right. As you can tell, we're both really excited for this episode.
0: We certainly are. Uh, we're talking <laughs> Oscars tonight uh, 2023 Oscars, to be exact. It's the 95th annual Academy Awards.
1: It's exciting, man. I can't believe it it's been is. going on this long.
0: It really is. Um, been going on 95 years um, just to see how it has evolved, to see how the categories have evolved. Um, to see you know some of your favorite performers directors writers everybody getting you know nominated and winning and it's like this makes or break people's careers and it catapults their careers too so it's just really exciting it's very exciting and uh, I really honestly as I look through this list I'm pretty excited
1: that this is the first one that we get to cover uh, as a podcast
0: absolutely yeah this is going to be a really exciting year and I'm really interested to certainly hear your thoughts on, you know, films that maybe you haven't seen yet that you want to see and and who do you think is deserving? Obviously everyone, please keep in mind, these are our personal opinions, um, you know, on, on nominees that we like and films that we like. And obviously we want to expand our knowledge on that as well. We're we're both film junkies, so that's how we're doing it.
1: Yeah. And uh, definitely um, before we really jump into this, feel free to leave your comments on, you know, what, you think are about our opinions uh, as well as like what your opinions are on each category that we go over and uh yeah um this is going to go up on youtube so for those of you who are on youtube leave a comment in the comment section below about that as well so all right skyler you ready to jump in and tackle this first one
0: Let's do it. So yes, yeah, so uh, the first category, and we're not going to be touching on every single category. That's an important That's caveat it. here. There's too many, and we would probably need at least two or three full pods uh, episodes to to really appreciate the uh, the gravity of how many awards there are. It's like a you know four hour ceremony, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, on March 12th, that is when the 95th annual Academy Awards will be premiering. For those that don't know, and the first thing we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be discussing the nominees for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor.
1: Yes. Um, I have to say, like, really just kind of kicking it off, the very first thing that really stood out to me, uh, Austin Butler, for his role in uh, Elvis. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't watch that, um, but I did see quite a few clips on it. And to be honest with you, he almost... Was Elvis like it was almost mm-hmm. like he, he was Elvis incarnate in my opinion,
0: right? Yeah, and I, I saw him uh, win the Golden Globe for that role I believe, he, and he did, he, yes. he came out and he was like a lot of people were still unsure about him because obviously he's kind of like new to the the mainstream of of A list actors and and he comes out and he he accepts his award with his his um Elvis dialect that he used <laughs> for that movie. And everyone was like, what are you doing? And he yeah. was like, oh, well, uh, you know, I kind of blended with the character and, you know, it just it became a part of me. And, you know, my opinion on that is like, okay, you went a little bit too far method, but, you know, everyone yeah. to each their own, you know?
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know if we've talked about how you and I both feel about method acting uh, on the mm-hmm. pod, but we both have very strong opinions about why we don't like it. Um, mm. So yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. Um, we'll do a
0: whole episode about method acting.
1: <laughs> we might have to at this point, honestly. <laughs> what's the name? That <laughs> Just stood get out it to off our chest.: you? Right. But, right. Uh, what's the name that stood out to you uh, under the leading actor role?
0: So yes, for uh, actors in a leading role, I, I do kind of want to list them out for our uh, listeners and viewers that maybe aren't familiar and don't want to take the time to, to look this up. That's fine. That's what we're here for. So the nominees are Austin Butler and Elvis. We have Colin Farrell and the Banshees of Inisherin, Brendan Fraser and the Whale, Paul Mescal and Aftersun, and Bill Nye in Living. And if I'm butchering any of these names, uh, please forgive me. I'm probably going to be butchering more names later on. So yeah. <laughs> just full disclosure if I'm mispronouncing out of this list though, I think what is so refreshing and I know you would agree with me on this just really warms my heart to see Brendan Fraser's name yes. on this list. Um, it's not necessarily shocking because I think it's been a long time coming. You know, he, Agreed. a lot of us, uh, at least us millennials grew up with him, you know, in the mummies and uh, the mummy movies and, and uh, George of the jungle and, and uh, uh monkey bone and all of that. Yes. like he's done some real classics uh, from my childhood and yours. And so uh, I always knew he had acting prowess. Uh, one of my favorite TV shows is the show Scrubs. And he has uh, kind of a reoccurring small role in that that is just truly heartwarming and also heartbreaking uh, when you kind of see those that final result. So I think this is what a lot of people have been waiting for is his resurgence. Yes, Um, Gary, I know you've seen more of this than I have, um, but I know he's kind of made his comeback subtly in Doom Patrol.
1: Yes, he's phenomenal.
0: And, um, you know, you just don't really see his face, Uh, but uh, I know that was kind of like his subtle comeback. And I think him being nominated for this film is really remarkable and it makes me want to go see it, honestly.
1: Yeah, same. And I wanted to see it immediately as I saw that he was in the movie. Um, and saw what he had to go through to get to the role. Because if I'm correct, he had to gain, like, what, two or 300 pounds um, for the show, yeah.
0: right? So I know that he um, he is already, you know certainly more heavy set now than he was obviously in his twenties and thirties, which, you know, we're not here to fat shame or anything like that. Um, I do know that he actually is wearing a fat suit. And so a lot of, a lot of criticism behind this film, from what I understand is a lot of people are thinking that it, it's, it's an inaccurate representation of, of, uh, you know, obese individuals. And that, mm-hmm. um, kind of like what they go through instead of casting an obese actor, they got an actor who is, you know, kind of obese, but then they ended up putting a fat suit on him anyway. So I know some of the criticism has been behind that. I'm not certainly here to speculate or comment on it. All I can say is that from a performance standpoint as an actor, um, you know, I know that his character is supposed to be like this 600 pound English teacher um, and kind of what he goes through with his relationship with his daughter. And I haven't seen the film, but just from the trailers, from what I know of Brendan Fraser's work, I definitely have to see this now.
1: Yeah, same. Uh, that makes me definitely even more excited to see it just to know yeah. that like, he didn't have to go through like what Christian Bale did uh, when he, I forgot what movie it was, but he like lost like what, a hundred and some odd pounds and got like really mm-hmm. skinny and stuff like that, that type of abuse of the body, something I did I didn't want to uh, mm-hmm. hear about him having to go through. So it was good to see that he didn't have to.
0: Right. And I, th- I think another notable mention, uh, cause I actually did see this film. Uh, so out of all the movies on this uh, list for uh, the, the actor in a leading role, I've seen the Banshees of Insurin. Uh, it was a kind of dark black comedy that I'd been wanting to see for some time. And I, I saw okay. it a few weekends ago. And uh, with Colin Farrell being nominated, uh, him and uh, Brendan Gleason really are, they carry the film. They're primarily the two only actors that, that speak together in the film. Mm-hmm. And it is a very quirky and dark film for those that that may know this uh uh author or writer um it was written and directed by martin mcdonough who he is a uh really remarkable playwright he did a play called um the pillow man that i actually got to teach uh, my students uh, when i was teaching in graduate school And uh, it's a very dark kind of black comedy as well. Uh, I think you would actually enjoy it, Gary. So he was a playwright first, and then he started dabbling more into screenwriting. Um, And now he's directing his work as well, which is really amazing. So um, I wanted to see it uh, primarily for Martin McDonough and his work as an Irish uh, writer and and director. And he writes really from that kind of Irish perspective um, and that, that cultural aspect And so this is set in Ireland uh, in the 1920s, I believe. And it's just, I mean, very simply put, without spoiling it for anyone, because we're we're trying to be spoiler free in today's episode, um, it's about two friends and what happens when, you know, a friend decides to say, hey, you know, we're not going to be friends anymore. And what does that look like? Um, And so the entire film is just about, um, you know, masculinity and friendship and, and the simplicity of life and like what's more important than friendship and i i think that that's so valuable because as as simple as it might sound i think you don't really get stories about something like friendship anymore so i think i mean unless it's like a pixar movie so i think it was remarkable (laughs) to see
1: (laughs) that sounds interesting um i kind of want to see that now yeah i'm gonna have to look into that and see if i can uh i can get that
0: so it, It's quirky, certainly. Um, Martin McDonough has a very dark, weird style of, of writing, and he always ends up having some type of amputation in all of his work. Like somebody gets amputated somewhere, okay. somehow. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. He, he's, he does some quirky things. But I think from a performance standpoint, I thought Col- Colin Farrell, um, I've always really enjoyed his work. And it was really cool to see him uh, in this role of like you know someone who just wants to have a friend. You know, so I enjoy it. As far as the others, I was going to say, as far as the others in this category, Bill Nighy, for those that aren't familiar, uh, he uh, played Davy Jones in the Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy, the original. Um, We also know him from Underworld. So I haven't seen Living or After Sun with uh, Paul Meskel, but uh, these are certainly honorable mentions. Uh, Bill Nye in Living certainly looks interesting, and I do like him a lot as an actor. So I'll probably be checking out Living. I'm not sure if I'll check out After Sun.
1: Yeah, I've never even heard of uh, After Sun. I vaguely heard about Living, um, and it's something I I might check out later this year, but I have never heard of After Sun, so it kind of has my interest peaked. Mm
0: Mm-hmm um i guess also kind of an important note that i'm a little surprised and i I wanted to get your take on this real quick gary before we move to the next segment is that it is all i I can't help but notice um that that i know with the academy trying to diversify um this entire list of actors in a leading role are all white men Mm -hmm. yeah i noticed that there are five white men that are nominated uh, now, obviously, without getting too much into that, because that can certainly be an entire episode in itself. Uh, I'm just a little surprised. I'm a little surprised that we couldn't we couldn't kind of expand the range of that and, and really find quality uh, people of color and, and their roles.
1: Yeah, um, I'm, I'm very surprised myself. But then again, I also think I try to think back on the movies that came out last year And I can't really Mm -hmm. think of too many movies that came out that had um, an actor of color in the leading role. A lot of them were reserved for like supporting roles. So I guess it's not too surprising, but it is somewhat surprising at the same time.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it's actually interesting that you said that because moving into actor in a supporting role. And uh, I do want to list these real quick before I ask your opinion on who stands out to you, Gary. Uh, we have the nominees uh, as uh, Brendan Gleeson and the Banshees of Injuran, <laughs> Brian Tyree Henry and Causeway, yes, Judd uh, uh from the Fablemans, Barry uh, Kiugen and the Banshees of Injuran, and ki Huan Juan uh, from Everything Everywhere All at Once.
1: Yeah, this is who a really solid list, honestly. Um, I have two, I can't even lie. I have two. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pronounced the same way you pronounce the key, who Kwan uh, from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, he was the husband/slash father in the movie, he was phenomenal. Um, seeing him play those different roles and seeing how he just swapped. I think my favorite version of him uh, was when he was first meeting, uh, I forgot her name. Uh, but uh, Michelle Yo's character, uh, that first interaction when he was coming from the other universe was just so hilarious, but also just like, it was captivating. And mm. he stole the scene immediately right then and there. Uh, so he definitely deserves to be nominated. And I really hope he wins this be- because he was honestly one of the best parts of the movie.
0: So... Um... Yeah, no, I, I think uh, everyone that has listened to this uh, podcast every week, you know how I feel about everything everywhere all at once. It's a top five movie of all time for me. Absolutely blew me away when I saw it last year. So I'm a big fan and I I do hope that it sweeps the the Oscars as much as it can. I know it has 11 nominations, which is amazing in all these different categories, but especially dominating in these uh, supporting roles and leading roles. Mm -hmm. So certainly I love, I love this, the, um, the success story of Kihu Huan um, just kind of making his comeback. Uh, For those that don't know, he was primarily a child actor in the eighties. He did, you know, Indiana Jones and the temple of doom. He did the Goonies, all these classic eighties movies. Um, And then he kind of disappeared from acting for a while Mm -hmm. and he didn't act into, you know, his kind of early adulthood and throughout most of his adulthood. And um, you know, he's made a huge comeback with this film uh and and the fact that it's been nominated and so beloved and the fact that i think it's it's going to be talked about for years to come oh, yeah. and i love that for him because as an actor myself like i know the, those struggles i mean certainly nowhere to his degree but those struggles of like you don't get cast you kind of are waiting by the phone every day and the fact that he's done it for so many decades and like this is his, his breakthrough this is his comeback i mean him along with brendan frazier are like the two biggest comebacks i think of the year for sure. So to see them kind of make their, their way back into the mainstream is, is amazing to see. So I'm excited for him. I do hope he wins. If he doesn't win, um, I haven't seen this film yet, but I'm a huge fan of uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Same. just um, my second one. <laughs> Good. Good. Okay. So yeah, we're, we're saying there, it's the exact same, but, right. um, you know, for those that don't know, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, actor from Atlanta, uh, the show Atlanta, uh, with Donald Glover. Uh, he also is a former Broadway actor and I'm sure he would love to go back to Broadway. Uh, but he was also on bullet train most recently. Um, but he was, he originated the role of, uh, kind of like the, the bad guy character in the book of Mormon, which is a hilarious Broadway show. And so I, I'm always rooting for his success. Now Causeway looks interesting because it also has Jennifer Lawrence and I like the premise of it, kind of like a soldier returning home from war. Yeah, uh, So that part kind of intrigues me and those are always really big dramas. So yeah, I want to see that movie for Brian Tyree Henry. How about you?
1: Yeah, um, this one I've never seen either, but I want to see it just because of him. Um, and I forgot that Jennifer Lawrence was in it. I, I remember seeing the trailer for that and I was like, that looks interesting. Um, so it's something I'm definitely going to have to watch and see. He's becoming one of my favorite actors right now, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. Him, Jonathan Majors, um, Lakeith Stanfield. Like, when it comes to the a group of just black actors that um, I want to see succeed, like he's in mm-hmm. that uh, little niche, and I really hope that uh, if if the Academy doesn't give it to uh, our guy Key then brian definitely deserves it at this point
0: absolutely um i think a little bit of a surprise for me and like the fact that there's so many of these nominations is that you have brendan gleason and barry keegan um going up against each other for <laughs> that's kind of you know and and you do see this usually every year there's at least one category where it's like multiple uh, actors from the same film are nominated uh i thought brendan gleason for sure um kind of stole the show as as far as supporting roles in that film. Mm-hmm. Uh, for anyone that, that does see the Banshees of Intron, certainly would like to know your thoughts on that. Barry again, for those that don't know also, is that he was in uh, Eternals. I forgot his role in that, but he was in Eternals. He was the, um,
1: uh, the guy who did the wars. That's right. I can't remember what his name was, though, but
0: yeah. yeah Yeah, there were so many characters in the journals (laughs) (laughs) yeah they were they were both in it that's true and he was also he played the joker and matt reeves is the batman even if it was like a small minor role but um so yeah and i i thought that his character work in the banshees of insurance was interesting but certainly i i'm surprised that he was nominated honestly um you know no disrespect to him i think he's he's quite talented but i certainly think that that should have only went to brendan gleason my opinion Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I hope either Kihu Juan wins, Brian, Tyree, Henry would love to see. I'm not sure about the Fablemans. I've heard of it, uh, but Judd hirsch uh, that's also another honorable mention.
1: Yeah. I, I want to say, I feel like, um, the Fablemans with with uh, Judd Hitcherich as the supporting, uh, actor may be a dark horse in this one.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I
1: think he may end up taking it just because of the things I've heard about the fable and his role specifically in that. Um, It's one I do plan on watching. I was going to see it in theaters, but every time I went to the theaters, I was like, do I really want to sit and watch that? It (laughs) wasn't that interesting for me. at least,
0: Right. And, you know, unfortunately, that's the whole thing about a lot of these Oscar nominated films is they're typically indie films or they're dramas. And a lot of people end up elect to watching them at home. You know, they become kind of like a Netflix film that kind of blows up later or they become um, some type of big streaming film. So, uh, yeah, um, it, it's certainly interesting because it's like most people are, are going to see kind of like those big blockbusters, um, especially, you know, with films like, uh, Top Gun Maverick and all of that. And we'll discuss that soon. Um, <laughs> but you know, so yeah, I mean, no, no shame if you haven't seen any of these movies, um, yet, you know, you can, I'm sure catch them on a streaming service when they're available. and We'll let you guys know when that happens. Yeah, moving on to actress in a leading role. Do you want to list off our nominees?
1: Yeah, this one is actually the one I'm most excited for. Uh, so first off, we got Kate Blanchett in Tar, Anna De Armas from Blonde. Uh, we have Andrea Rosenborough uh, and Two Leslie, Michelle Williams in The Fabelmans and Michelle, yo, and everything, everywhere, all at once. So. What are your thoughts? Honestly, this is is a heavy-hitting list. Like, this is heavy. Um, I I think this is probably
0: the best category, yeah. I agree, honestly.
1: I think last year was probably the best year for actresses in leading roles because there were so many good ones. Um, Like, even – there are some that could potentially have been on here that just, it was just too stacked. But with what we have, um, I have to say, honestly, my first is going to be Michelle, yo. Uh, I have to say, like, she just absolutely carried that movie. And it's not like she was doing it solo, but she was just so good in everything, everywhere, all at once. It's hard to just overlook that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like uh, Anna DeArmas did so good in Blonde she might she might take it. And I wouldn't be mad at that because I love me some Anna D'Armas.
0: Yeah, I like uh, Anna DeArmas as well. The only, I know the the main criticism there is apparently the film was very inaccurate to, um, you know, the film Blonde is based off of uh, Marilyn Monroe and apparently yeah. it was very inaccurate to her actual life. It kind of only told the darker side to her story and not right. really the full scope of it. Like you could tell, like it was certainly... Um, an Oscar looking film from the beginning, like they're like, we're gonna make this as dramatic as possible so that she can win her Oscar or get nominated. (laughs) I mean, you'd be surprised, like, a lot of films are made that way, you know, as uh, these vehicles for these actors. And so, it based on kind of the reviews, and I don't always listen to reviews, but based on Mm -hmm. kind of the reviews and from what I was hearing, is that the film itself really suffered, and that the one saving grace of it was her performance.
1: I mean, that's probably. Honestly, that's probably what's going to allow her to potentially win. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Um, I think Kate Blanchett also may be a dark horse for this one, just because we yeah. all know how good Kate Blanchett is. And um, yeah, I heard some relatively decent things about Tar, um, but I haven't really looked into it too much, so I can't say I give my full opinion on that one.
0: Right. Yeah, um, yeah. no, I think, you know, my pick as well would be Michelle Yeoh for uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, I do love me some Michelle Williams, so I'm very happy to see her nominated in The I'm Fablemans. Um, the Fablemans, I think, is also going to be kind of a dark horse in a lot of these categories as far as sweeping um, a lot of these categories, simply because, I mean, it's directed by Steven Spielberg, come on. Right, you know, Any. <laughs> Anything that he directs turns to gold and anything he directs usually sweeps the Oscars, even if people are like, wait, Steven Spielberg had a movie out last year. And sure enough, (laughs) he comes in and he sweeps the Oscars. That's how it always is. um, So we'll see. I think that that's going to be... A big hitter too that a lot of people aren't necessarily expecting, but um, yeah, out of these, I would I would choose uh, Michelle Yeoh, and then I guess close second probably Michelle Williams, although Kate Blanchett, Anna Diarmas. Um, I'm not familiar with uh, Andrea uh, Riseborough, but uh, the mm-hmm. rest of the categories, I think all of these are very noteworthy actresses, um, and yeah, I think the fact that they're all nominated together is quite amazing.
1: Yeah, definitely agree. Moving on. Yeah. Actress in a supporting role.
0: For actress in a supporting role, we have our nominees of Angela Bassett and Black Panther. Black Panther. Wakanda Forever. (laughs) Hong Chow and The Whale. Carrie Condon and The Banshees of Insurance. (laughs) Once again. Right. Jamie Lee Curtis and Everything Everywhere All at Once. And Stephanie Hsu and Everything Everywhere All at Once.
1: This is another heavy hitting list. Yes. Um, I'm torn, honestly, because I had issues with Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Um, most people who know me know I, why I've had issues with it. It was a great film in regards to story and how things were performed, but I had some issues. Angela Bassett was not one of it. She was absolutely phenomenal. She put every ounce of her acting skills in that movie. But it's hard to overlook stephanie sue bro like she was phenomenal and for those of you who don't know she was the daughter in everything Everyone all at once and my god her her and uh, michelle yo they were like just going blow for blow in their acting um uh, the thing that makes their nomination so phenomenal is the fact that because this movie was multiverse They had to perform different roles and act in different ways. Not only just costume wise, but they also had to have different mannerisms, had to have different quirks. And Skylar, you know this very well. Like that is extremely hard to do for an actor across different movies, but let alone in one film. So for both of them to do that, um, it's hard for me to pick against either one in both of those categories. So my my first nomination is going to be Stephanie uh personally but then uh, i do want to see uh angela win her oscar this time too
0: yeah no and that's a good point and i honestly i think that this almost kind of feels like it's a lock for angela bassett simply because i know she hasn't won previously and she is a phenomenal actress uh and everything that she's done um so i think yeah. this is this is kind of like her year to win it uh you know um, but certainly, certainly the fact that Stephanie shue is nominated at, at such a young age is quite remarkable. And yes. I really look forward to seeing her career. I I would honestly love her to win it as well, uh, because she is such a, a powerhouse and everything, everywhere, all at once. And for those that haven't seen it, once again, see that movie, Absolutely. Stephanie shue phenomenal. Um, and she's so like, there's something so alluring about her character and the fact that she is kind of like this multiverse hopping, I guess villain anti-hero. And right. so it's like, she's, she's the big bad. And and there's like, you can't, you can't take your eyes off her when she's on screen. So love Stephanie, uh, Shu. And I also do agree though, but Angela Bassett was just so captivating, um, as uh, T'Challa's mother. Um, Carrie Condon and the Banshees of Insurance, I'm a little surprised by this. Once again, the Banshees of Insurance is like sweeping all these categories as far as nominations go. So is everything, <laughs> every well at once. We'll be fair. Right. Um, but I thought she she gave uh, quite a good performance. Um, I, I don't know if, if I would have nominated her. I think she was quite talented in it. Um, I also don't know who I would re- re- replace her. So I kind of don't really have a huge opinion on that. And obviously, I haven't seen The Whale to see Hung Chow in uh, that. Right. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, what are your thoughts on her being nominated for the same uh, supporting role as uh, Stephanie Hsu?
1: Uh, That actually kind of surprises me a little bit, but not too much. Because she also was really good in the movie. But she wasn't in it enough for me to say she deserved that nomination. Because she was in it for, what, maybe 10 or 15 minutes at max? Right.
0: But when Um, she was in it, you were like, oh, my gosh, this is Jamie Lee Curtis.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, like, I think the thing about it um, with her nomination specifically was how in the movie for her, she was, like, at the beginning, just this straightforward, no-nonsense IRS person. And then next thing you know, like, she's goofy and, like, playing with weapons and things. I'm just like, okay this is interesting so i can see why because again with the multiverse movie people having to do so many different mannerisms and be a different character basically from minute to minute i just don't think that you know she probably should have been in here over maybe some of the others that potentially could have gotten there just because of her limited screen time
0: right no, agreed. Um, I love Jamie Lee Curtis as an actress, and I, I thought that she was nice and quirky and, and powerful in this. But, yeah, I was a little surprised to see her nominated as well. Uh, moving on now,
1: you we're going to go ahead and talk. This. <laughs>
0: <laughs> potentially, potentially. Uh, we're going to be discussing the uh, animated feature films nominee uh, because I certainly want to get your take on this, Gary. I know you appreciate quality animation as much as I do. Yes, sir. Uh, so the nominees are uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which is on Netflix. Yes. Uh, Marcel, the, uh, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. Thoughts?
1: <sighs> so I've only seen Turning Red. Um, I want to watch del toro's pinocchio because i hear it's absolutely phenomenal and i hear that it's actually better than the original uh, so that's that's promising um, i've never even heard of marcel the show with shoes on that sounds weird so i might watch it one day puss and boots has been getting a lot a lot of positive reviews um, i think it has like a 90 percent on uh, rotten tomatoes right now <clears throat> Um, wow! Across the board for both critics and fans, so I think that one is probably going to—it's probably going to win, honestly. Um, and then again, I've never seen or heard anything about the Sea Beast. Personally, I want Turning Red to win because I feel like that movie was unjustly hated on when it came out, but it was absolutely phenomenal. And I think Disney, for like the last two years, maybe three years, has been doing really well with telling stories about the relationship between parents and their children. And so this one definitely deserves it. Um but yeah, I, I would say personally I want turning red to win just because I that's the one I saw. But I feel like Puss Goose is gonna win
0: surprising i know usually pixar kind of sweeps this category every year pixar does really well so um also like you the only one i've seen on this list unfortunately is turning red (laughs) i love turning red i mean i think it was much a much more accessible film i know the sea beast um and guillermo del toro's pinocchio are both netflix films so that should have been easily accessible for me to see i haven't seen them yet but they're both on there for those that want to see it Um, One that I'm kind of surprised to see is Marcel Deschel with shoes on. Mm -hmm. It looked like a really cute kind of funny film because I I know that character. I I can't for the life of me uh, place where I've seen it before, but I I know the character is is quite kind of cute and quirky. So I really want to see that movie. That's one movie where I don't think it's going to win, but I do really want to see it. Right. uh puss in boots the last wish i'm a little surprised that it's doing as well as it has uh, as far as being a shrek spin-off, and i believe it's the sequel it is uh, to another puss in boots movie yeah and I, I didn't even see the first one to be completely honest um i'm not a huge fan of spin-offs just for the sake of them and i've kind of felt like that's what the original was for puss in boots mm-hmm. but I, obviously i love the original shrek and in that series and um so yeah and I, I think out of these uh films i would really want to see the sea beast Marcel, the show with shoes on, uh, Pinocchio. Um, and honestly I'm probably going to pass on Puss in Boots to be completely
1: <laughs> honest. That makes two of us. Honestly, I, I stopped watching any of the Shrek movies after the second one. Um, yeah, after that, I was like, yeah, I'm done. Cause
0: it's, to me, it's the same
1: jokes over and over again.
0: So we are in agreement that, uh, turning rigid one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to cinematography, Gary, you want to list our nominees?
1: Yes, this one is going to be fun. So first up, we got All Quiet on the Western Front, which is by James Friend. Uh, we got Bordeaux, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truce," Very long title. <laughs> uh, that, that one, uh, Darius Kanji. Uh, Elvis, uh, that one was done by Mandy Walker. And we have Empire of Light, Roger Deakins. And then we have "Tar." with florian hoffmeister now i just want to mention these are the cinematographers the lead cinematographers um, that are getting these nominations if i'm correct right
0: Yes. Yeah. So for those that aren't familiar with what cinematographers do, they're responsible for all of like the shots of the film, uh, making sure that things are obviously balanced. But anytime you see like a really cool shot with, you know, lots of color, lots of light or lots of darkness shadows, they're in charge of all of that, the lighting, um, the shadows. Um, the contrast, the, the the kind of the picturesque images. You know, if you see kind of like a landscape shot or like a shot of a city street or anything like that, all of that comes from, this, from the cinematographer. And so they have to have a really good and keen eye. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a very important uh, role to have. And the best directors will always work with the best cinematographers. Yes. So what are your thoughts so on these uh, nominations? Yeah. Um, honestly, I, I kind of have a bone to pick with this list. And I think you know why. <laughs> I know why because, because we
1: feel the same way, <laughs> right?
0: We're we're too similar for those that are listening. Yes, right. Um, no, I am very upset that the Batman is not nominated for cinematography uh, simply because it has the same cinematographer, and I'm trying to look up his name. The cinematographer who um, won for Dune last year is the same cinematographer for the Batman. Mm -hmm. And he won it for Dune, and I kind of feel like because he won it for Dune Part 1, they're like, okay, you've won it. You know, We're not going to nominate you again, at least next year. And that's really what it felt like to me, because he is truly, arguably, um, the best cinematographer um, in Hollywood. And I have to look up his name, because I'm going to feel like a tool if I don't know his name.
1: (laughs) While you're doing that, I will say, um, just for the – chasing scene alone between batman and penguin that scene alone should have gotten him nominated because it was so beautifully crafted and then as you all see in my background the batman walking from the explosion towards the penguin's car like that scene alone that little shot should have gotten him a nomination
0: so his name is greg frazier And yeah, he did the cinematography for Dune and he's also doing Dune part two. And then he also did the Batman. And honestly, um, between Dune and the Batman, it is truly some of the best cinematography I've ever seen. Some of the most remarkable shots, like shots that like I can still picture in my head after seeing these movies over a year ago. And I think that that's really saying something because Mm -hmm. it's those images that stick with you if you're a really big movie fan. So I am very disappointed that he didn't win or that he's not nominated, I should say. Um, But we should talk about who is nominated. (laughs) And so um, out of these options, um, uh, the fact that Elvis is nominated and Mandy Walker is the cinematographer for Elvis, uh, because I'm a big Baz Luhrmann fan and I love how Baz Luhrmann kind of interprets these hyper uh, fantastical visual shots. Uh, I do think that there's a high potential that Mandy Walker wins simply because she's working with Baz and also because of uh, Baz's kind of crazy imagery that he likes to use. And I know that Mandy's quite talented in that regard. Um, So I I certainly hope that she wins. I haven't seen Elvis yet. I do have it and I want to check it out. Um, And I'm kind of worried with this list only because I feel like All Quiet on the Western Front might win only because all these like war films typically sneak in and they'll, they'll steal cinematography <laughs> yeah. you know they'll usually win best picture they'll win cinematography and so i hope that's not the case here i haven't seen all quiet on the western front i know that's a netflix film i do want to see it so certainly no disrespect there but i hope that i hope that mandy walker wins for this
1: yeah i can't really speak too much on any of these um i haven't seen any one of these movies at all i will say that I feel like all quite on the Western front just because of the trailers that I have seen of it. It looks phenomenal. It looks absolutely beautiful. Like, like you, I think it might win just because of that. But again, I haven't really seen them, so I can't really give my full opinion on it. And I know, I know I'm failing the podcast. How can you not have seen no, no, at no. least one of the movies on a Oscar list, but Hey, I'm working on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are. And, and which of these movies do you really want to see?
1: Uh, I will have to say, Empire Light kind of strikes my interest just off of the title alone, but I'm leaning more towards Elvis just because I've heard so many good things about it.
0: Right, right, right. So moving on, we got two more categories. I know we can get through it. I believe it. I believe it too. Uh, we go. are mo- we are moving on to the best director. This is going to be fun. Yes. So for those that don't know, uh, it is quite uh, traditional for the Oscars to whoever wins Best Director typically will win Best Picture or what is kind of you know the movie of the year, according to the Academy Award, is called Best Picture. Yes. So Best Director and, and, and Best Picture typically go hand in hand, although that doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. So I would be in- interested to see if this is one of those years. Um, for our nominees, we have Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inisherin. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once by Daniel Kwan and Daniel uh, Sch- Nyert. Uh, the Fablemans by Steven Spielberg. Tar by Todd Field. And Triangle of Sadness by Ruben Ostlund.
1: That's a good list. Gary,
0: what stands out to you?
1: Honestly, I'm I'm going to go back to it. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Um, that movie was, to me, what makes a good director is a few things, but the main thing I look for is pacing, because that is absolutely key in making sure that each shot, each scene, each moment, each sequence flows. And I have to say, Daniel Squared uh, really did their job with Everything Ever All At Once, Um, especially since that's the only one I've seen in this list. (laughs) Um, I can personally attest to the great directing that was done in it, Um, but Honestly, you can never go wrong with Steven Spielberg.
0: He's won so many Oscars. <laughs> it's quite, <laughs> quite remarkable. Um, yeah, no, I, um, out of this list, I am really pulling for uh, both Daniels and I I love your nickname for them. Daniel squared. I think they would appreciate that if they, if they haven't heard it before, they should use it. Um, They're both so incredibly talented directors. And and the fact that this is such an original film, uh, it's, you know, new IP from scratch. Um, like the premise of it seems so out of this world wild and then you see it and it just flows so better. Uh, it flows so beautifully. Mm -hmm. And I think it's honestly going to have a cult following for a long time. So obviously, yes, I want them to win. Um, Martin McDonough for the Banshees of insurance honorable mention, uh, because I do think that there's a lot of beautiful shots of the Irish countryside. Um, and a lot of kind of the, the, home lives of these characters in the 1920s in ireland Mm -hmm. um so that that's certainly an honorable mention i do honestly think that this might be one where steven spielberg kind of swoops in though and wins for the fablemans you know as much as i don't want it to happen um steven spielberg is such a powerhouse uh and i I, no discredit to him at all he's one of the best filmmakers of all time certainly um uh, todd field for tar haven't seen tar want to check it out uh for uh, Kate blanchett or um Triangle of Sadness, I'm not familiar with, uh, but certainly an honorable mention there. So, yeah, I think we're in agreement. Um, you know, with me only having seen two films on this list, I definitely would love to check out the Fable Men's and Tar uh, Triangle of Sadness. I'm not too familiar with, so I don't know if I'll actually make it to see that, but I'm going to see at least two more of these.
1: Yeah. And I think the, uh, the one thing that you and I both can kind of agree on is that this list if spielberg wins everything everywhere all at once has to win best picture i would hope so i really would you want to go ahead and jump to the nominees for that one
0: Oh, yes. So the one that everybody's been waiting for, right, because this is what what Gary and I talk about all year long. I know I talked to several friends about this is the best picture nominees. Uh, This is always kind of the the creme de la creme, if you will, of the Oscars. This is always saved for towards the very end of the ceremony. They make you wait for it. Um, You know, any film that wins this is typically talked about for years to come, whether it was good or bad, in, in your opinion. Um, so it is always like the hallmark of, of the Oscars as best picture. So we saved this one for last as well on the pod nice. today. Uh, but we have 10 nominees cause I'm not sure if you're aware, Gary, it used to only be five. And then I believe it was only a few years ago. They actually changed it to bump it up to 10 nominees, which is really cool because they saw the value in more films, uh, having the potential to be nominated specifically more comic book and, you know, uh, sci-fi films. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. So, our nominees are all quiet on the Western front. We have Avatar, the Way of Water, The Banshees of Insurin, Elvis, everything everywhere all at once, The Fableman's, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and women talking so Gary, there's so much on here there's there's a lot to unpack with each of these films but which are the ones that maybe surprise you or maybe ones that you don't think is so deserving of being on this list in your opinion? Uh,
1: I don't have anyone that I can say doesn't deserve it just because most of this I haven't seen. But um, if I had to choose one that really surprised me, Top Gun Maverick. Um, this is a movie that when I saw it, you and I talked about it for a good 30 minutes or so, because I absolutely love this movie. It was beautiful. But I'm surprised that it's on here. Um, I I didn't expect it to be on here, even though I think it does deserve to be on here, um, because it was a beautiful movie. And I was entertained from start to finish. Um, Avatar The Way of Water, I don't watch any of the Avatar movies. It's just not my thing. But um, I'm not surprised James Cameron, he always, whenever he puts out a movie, always gets put on Best Picture nominations. So that's something I'm not too surprised on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, which one surprised you? Or you think it doesn't deserve to be on there?
0: Yeah. Um, like you, I think it's hard to say which ones don't deserve to be on here. Uh, because I think these films are all nominated uh, for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I may not want you know, a particular film to win or a particular actor or, you know, technician or designer to win. But it doesn't mean I don't think that they are deserving. Right. That's the kind of important recognition just for them to be nominated is a huge honor. Mm -hmm. Um, So out of all of these, I I am a little upset, certainly, that Avatar The Way of Water is nominated. I know you know how I feel about this film, Gary, for those that don't know. uh, I, I really enjoyed the first Avatar film when I saw it. I was a little upset I remember even being a teenager seeing it and I was like, "Wait, I can only see it in 3D? You mean these tickets are double in price? This is ridiculous." I was very bothered by that and James Cameron himself at that time like came out and was very adamant that you could only see the movie for like the longest time in 3D. Mm-hmm. And it was a good movie in 3D. I don't think it necessarily you know he tried to make it sound like when it was released that it had to be seen in 3D and I don't think that was right. the case. Now, for the sequel, I haven't seen it yet. I'm actively boycotting seeing it in theaters, and, and that is because of James Cameron's comments, um, the way he's kind of put down, uh, you know, certainly not just Marvel films, but just, you know, the way that people go to the theater and just kind of their choices. I think he's yeah. been... A little narcissistic about this film, and I think, as an artist in general, you have to have a little bit of narcissism, certainly a little bit of ego, right. but he's like, oh yeah, this this movie's got to make two billion dollars, and right. it has made two billion dollars um, but I do think that I will certainly be watching this film eventually, but I'm just a little surprised because it did kind of come out so late, like really right at the end of the year. You could tell yeah. they were trying to get it in for, for Oscar season. So that part kind of bothers me because um, I don't really know if it if it's really had time to breathe like some of these other films. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front, I think might be a sneaky dark horse just because once again, it, it's that war tale of, of kind of what soldiers went through, uh, I believe during world war one, if I'm not mistaken. So I do want to check that out eventually as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Elvis, certainly honorable mention. So there's, I think this is the list where I truly cannot predict. And I really, with any of these lists, it's hard to predict who's going to win. But with this list, how stacked it is this year, it's really hard for me to really predict who's going to win because it could easily be the Fablemans. Cause you got Steven Spielberg. It can be right. Elvis. It could be uh, Avatar because of James Cameron. Mm-hmm um tom cruise i think uh is the reason uh that top gun maverick is nominated uh because you know the all these movies they campaign actively uh for to be nominated and i know that tom cruise was the executive producer for this film he was really the one spearheading it and a lot of directors and producers in hollywood i know thanked him after this movie came out because it was the first giant movie since covid that Mm -hmm. did exceptionally well in theaters
1: yeah yeah
0: and yeah, a totally lot of people yeah and I, I believe it was steven spielberg at the um golden globes if i'm not mistaken that came up to tom cruise and said thank you for yes. saving the theater industry mm-hmm. so i know that without top gun maverick yeah i'm sure a lot more theaters would have closed so i i give tom cruise's props for that i did really enjoy it it was a great sequel it's one of those movies where you don't have to see the original to really appreciate this one which is great mm-hmm. um and so i enjoyed it i think it's nominated specifically because of what it did for movies honestly yeah. which is quite special triangle of sadness don't know much about it women talking looks really interesting and it has a, a decent cast because you have uh, francis mcdermott uh, so i do want to check out women talking i would love to see the fablemans tar um elvis and uh, all quiet on the western front yeah. uh, so out of those those are the ones i want to see now, obviously, who do I want to win? Everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> I hope more than anything that that movie wins uh, just yeah. because of I want it to be celebrated as much as possible.
1: Definitely, I agree with you on that. One last note before um, we end this, though. Because you mentioned Avatar s- kind of sliding its way in uh, at the end there, um, I just remember Woman King came out last year. And that was one that had everyone talking. It had, uh, I forgot her name, what was it? Uh, she plays Amanda Waller.
0: She's oh, Viola right.
1: Davis. Viola Davis, yes. I always forget her name. But yeah, she apparently was absolutely phenomenal in that. That's one that I've been kind of putting off on watching for a little while. Um, it just hit Netflix last week. So I plan on watching that once uh, once I get some time. And I think that one should have or could have been in place of Avatar. Um, because it yeah. also looked pretty good, and I've heard a lot of really good things about it. And I want to say it has like an eighty-six or eighty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. So, um, and it's like a so I was actually 5 out of ten on IMDb.
0: Yeah, um, I'm really glad that you mentioned the women, the Woman King, uh, because I actually did see that movie. Um, I believe last month and i was actually just talking to a friend about this the other day that i think that's the one big snub this year Mm -hmm. is that viola davis should have been nominated for best actress for that role Mm -hmm. because she was phenomenal um her and angela bassett certainly are deserving and i'm glad at least angela bassett is nominated but viola davis certainly for lead actress and it should have absolutely taken the place of um you know if not uh, Avatar: The Way of Water, you know, maybe potentially Tar or you know, um, The Triangle of Sadness. Once again, no discredit to those films. I have not seen them, but the the Woman King was a very powerful film, mm-hmm. and it was fast paced. Um, I know some critics called it kind of like the modern or you know this generation's version of Gladiator, mm-hmm. and it had that same feel. Like the stakes were just as high. It was uh, quite a um, unique story something that i haven't seen and i mean the acting in it was just brilliant uh cinematography music um that's that's a movie that i definitely think was snubbed in, in so many categories so i agree with you i think it, that it should have been nominated and when you do see it we're gonna have to review it because i'm sure our listeners would love to hear your thoughts on it oh yeah definitely have to uh that yeah.
1: one uh well, sounds like we're gonna have to also do a, a review on um Megan and uh everything all at once because yes yeah. yeah we have a we have a lot of topics to talk about with those
0: yes <laughs> um and you know once again everybody uh you know this is coming from from two people who genuinely care about everything uh everything that art has to offer um but specifically with film we both love movies now Obviously, we haven't seen a lot of these films that are nominated, but that's why we're talking about this. For those of you that have seen some of these films that we mentioned that maybe we didn't talk about enough or that we haven't seen, let us know. Talk about it in the comments. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think um, about these films or about, you know, your favorite. You know, who do you want to see win? Best actor, best actress, best picture. We would love to hear your thoughts. Um, Let us know. Uh, and once again, these are just our opinions, right? So we're here to talk about it and, um,
1: yeah, it's been fun one Skylar
0: always. Um, once again, everybody I'm Skylar
1: and I'm Gary, this has been Nerd
0: Inc. That's right. See you guys next week. Hey everyone, this is Skylar with the Nerds Inc. Podcast, here to say thanks for listening. And if you're enjoying our weekly discussions, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Ask us a question, provide your thoughts on our discussions, and we may just talk about it in a future episode. Thanks.